in this episode. So, okay, how about, how about this? Uh, favorite romance film, Jeremy? What kind, what kind of questions are these? Uh, yeah. Welcome, you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, episode 42, publishing music and movies with Jeremy Wagner and Jared Barbie. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bannister. And I'm Chad Lutsky. And you are watching Paleo Cheese Podcast, part of the Project Entertainment Network. And Chad, we have another return guest and a new one. Yes, we have Jeremy Wagner, guitarist for Broken Hope, author, <laughs> and now press owner. And then we have Jared Barbie, Death's Head Press. And we, we have these guys on here for uh, mainly to talk about Stygian Sky Media, which you guys... I can't wait to talk about that. You guys started this. It's brand new. Um, there's n- no books out yet, right? Yeah, there's. A, I mean, we've got one really close to uh, to in production, but yeah, mm-hmm. right now we're in uh, pre-production on everything. We've got some good names okay. signed up. So great. Okay, but first, I did have some shoutouts I want to do really quick. One was I just finished this book today. I don't know. If you see it, Hunter Shea mm. creature. Yeah. Um, I was pretty much blown away, man. That it was better than I thought it was going to be. I, I really am glad that I read that, and it's awesome. That's uh, I gave it five stars, man. Honor. That's that's awesome. I love a good book recommendation. Right. I haven't read that one yet. Hunter's the man, you know. Yeah, and you know, I I, I stayed away from, and I told Hunter this. Uh, I think the first time he was on here, I kind of stayed away from this book at first because I'm not really like a creature feature literature dude. You know, it's like I'll watch. I like to watch the movies, but when I'm reading it, I'm not big into like, you know, sharks and Bigfoot and stuff like that. And so I just thought it was some kind of creature thing. And it's it is, but it's not. It's so much more. It's uh, but it, yeah, it's a slow burn, and it's really good, man. So yeah, I recommend that. And wow. the other shout out was today in the mail. I got um, I got two things from uh, Blaine Cook, the singer for The Accused. I've been listening to the accused for 30 i think 35 years or something like that and um they're the intro to the show yeah yeah they do the intro to the show yeah and i've known blaine for about 20 of those years and um yeah he's the i'll put links in here so you can get these but um the some of the accused stuff is getting re-releases and so mattis martha splatterhead's mattis stories ever told just got re-released on vinyl love that Um, album cover Unrest Records. I was just, I don't know if you can see that, but I've been taking inventory of my nice posters and flyers. Those are my heck yeah, dude. Legit old school, off the wall from the show, accused flyers. So, very, very cool. One thing you and I uh, had in common, we like the accused. Love, love the accused, man. One of my favorite bands ever. And he sent me, uh, he sent me the new toe tag, which if people don't know who Tote, essentially the accused by name, it's got three fourths of the accused. Doesn't have uh, Tommy Niemeyer, um, the accused guitarist, but it's got the rest of the guys. And this is like a discography. It's a Brazilian release, and it comes with a sticker, which I was happy to to see that the sticker was actually some artwork that I did for them years ago. So, oh wow, yeah. cool. So, Blaine, man, thanks, buddy. That's awesome. Yeah. 
But yeah, those are my shout outs. So let me get to some questions here that I have for you guys. Um, first of all, Jared, with you already having a press, what did you want to start another press with this guy over here? Man, because, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> no, no, man. Uh, you know, I've, done, I've dealt with Jeremy for a few years. You know, he was in one of our uh, our anthologies. The uh, It's actually Rope Burns, but I had to change the name for Amazon to Obligator Voluptus mm-hmm. uh, because they had an issue with it. But uh, he, had, he had the idea for some uh, some metal-based photo books because he's in tight with uh, one of the best – uh, metal photographers in the business and he had all these uh he had the this hard drive full of photos and he wanted to start making books and he called me and, and I asked if Death's Head Press would be interested in you know helping out and doing the production on it and I said you know well that's really not our gig mm-hmm. but why don't we just start up our own little gig you know and 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 do some books like that you know I think it would get more more attention if it wasn't within Death's Head Press realm because we're you know, our brand is something entirely different. So it just really went from there. And uh, from there, we just started Stingy and Sky. I mean, uh, it's pretty much that easy. And uh, me and Jeremy, we see eye to eye on a lot of things, uh, music. Uh, I mean, he doesn't like Lamb of God, but I, I'll, I'll not hold that against him. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so we just hit it off. And uh, so far, man, it's been like a dream partnership. Uh, we work well together and it's a pleasure to do it. Okay. That's cool. So, so other than this, uh, this type of stuff, so you're, I, I'm assuming that if you're going to do the one art book, you're going to do other, you know, t- type of stuff like that photography or art or whatever. What about what, as far as fiction? We um, are. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask uh, like specifically as far as fiction, what, what is it that you're looking for? What is it you don't want? Well, we don't want, uh, you know, Death's Head Press already does extreme horror. We don't we don't want extreme horror. We want dark fiction. We want crime, you know, noir. We want it to stay dark. Uh, we want memoirs, you know. Uh, we're going to do nonfiction memoirs of uh, not dark people, you know. Uh, so we, we just want to keep it dark in our fiction, but we don't want to keep it extreme. We want to expand our audience, you know, to have a wider, a, a wider following. More people are going to read, and we we just like the subject matter basically. I mean, crime noir is, it's pretty hot, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for sure. And you know, um, I, I was, it was thinking with the, all of this kind of like different things that you're, you know, like crime noir or something that's like dark fiction is different than, you know, having a book on photography. So <laughs> it, it reminds me of like some of the presses that, that are like started out, and still are indie, like Henry Rollins is two thirteen sixty one. He just has stuff that he likes and he wants. So it's whether it's poetry or whether it's like some some fiction thing or some photography book or whatever, he just does what he feels like, you know, he wants to put out. Or like uh it also reminds me kind of a Mike Patton's Ipecac records, you know, same thing. It's like he'll put out something he's doing, put out something that is some band that you've never even heard of that sounds all whacked out and then some Melvins or whatever. Right. It's just that, you know, it's it's not it's not like, you know, like Metal Blade Records. It's like, you know, you're just going to get metal. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I think our business model or, or what we're going to do is is pretty much what you just described. I mean, if mm-hmm. we think it's cool, you yeah. know, and it's not exactly in the realm of what we've been doing, we're not going to let that stop us. I mean, we're just going to if we think it's cool and we think that you guys are going to think it's cool, we're going to put right. it out. You know, and I, 
that's pretty much it. If it's cool, we want to do it. I know this is a weird question, but like, have you guys have you guys heard the the uh, lullabies that are like Nirvana lullabies yeah. and stuff like that, where it's it's kind of dark sounding, right? But it's got that childish feel to it and stuff. Right. The the analogy with music and or with uh with books and stuff like that. How how far back would you allow for books? Like if there was kind of a dark children's book, right? Like with with the pictures or the drawing style or the the photography or anything like that, or or teen young you know kind of young adult books, uh, stuff like that. Is that also stuff you're looking for? Or is it mainly just for more mature audiences only? I I don't think that. Uh, I think if it, if it was a really cool ass you know, uh, book like you're describing, I think we would consider doing it. How, what do you think, yeah. Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. Have, I agree. You know, young adult, uh, even, right. you know, preteen, I mean, we just want to get, get some cool shit in the hands of readers, whether they're, they're just starting out reading. We, we don't mind putting out something for them or if they've been reading for 40 years, you know, we want to, we want to hit everything from six to 60 and yeah. beyond. So, yeah. So do you have do you have one genre or subgenre that you that you think that you'll probably have more of that, that like maybe the crime? I think so. I think I think it's predominantly going to be the uh, dark fiction crime noir. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's I don't think you'll find many creature features in any of our releases to date so far. Uh, so uh, yeah, well, I, th- I think it's dark- like a fine line between like like our personal tastes in, in fiction, um, it, like what we want to do. Well, when I say fine line, there's books I've read that could be considered thriller that are really dark and effed up and then really dark crime noir that's definitely effed up. That appeals to me. That appeals to Jared. Um, so, um, you know, it's like, sub labels of of metal you know there's all that people give it give it a name right so when we did our mission statement we're like we're publishing dark fiction crime thriller noir blah 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 a lot of that stuff is so incestuous and much much the same it's really just really dark fiction no matter what like it could be on a Cormac McCarthy level, it, it could be on a Thomas Harris level, you know, that, 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 those, those brands of, of dark fiction. Now, when we say, you know, we didn't want to do extreme horror because dark, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Death Head Press and Deadite and, and all these other publishers are doing a great job with that. The same could be said about crime and dark fiction, you know, there's, yeah a bunch of crime imprints, but um, I have a real passion for this type of fiction, and especially my, my new yet unpublished novel, tentatively titled Wretch, is um, kind of along those lines. It's not quite, a, quite pure, uncut horror, but it is like Thomas Harris' Red Dragon on steroids or something. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so like that stuff appeals to us. Yeah. So, um, like the Chris Triana book we're putting out, and the Devil Cried. That's like right up my alley. That that harkens to that's like a modern day 
Lolita. It's right. really screwed up. It's really dark. It's it's modern, of course, but I'm like, wow, you know, it's it's about the voice of of the author. And again, um, th- this is a funny statement to some people, but I I like fiction that doesn't always have happy endings. For yeah. me, personally, yeah. I like no fiction that has that man. When S.A. Cosby's Razorblade Tears and was so blown away by that book because uh, of the level of, of violence, these ex-cons, bikers, this guy like put together a story that was so unflinching, unapologetic, and, and did not screw around. I'm like, wow, this is like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, so we want, so that's, that's the other thing Jared and I talked about when I had this idea for this line of photo books and some other nonfiction, nonfiction, when we talk about memoirs, like Jared said, we're talking about memoirs that aren't boring. I don't know about you guys, I've read so many boring memoirs, especially from musicians and rock stars that are just like, I can't finish it. I'm like. There's nothing here, you know. I need something compelling. We want compelling stories. If they're going to be memoir, bio, um, even true crime stuff, you know, we'd like to dabble in. So that's the that's nonfiction stuff. And again, it's sort of like what you guys were talking about, like Rollins, even Jack White with his label. Um, you know, we're doing we we do stuff for we're passionate about in, in these areas and, and with the fiction um, if it, you know if there wasn't a Deathside Press or Deadite or um, Dark Regions or Cemetery Dance and all these guys they, we'd probably take on a lot more horror but right now we're like let's do something that no one else is doing we're also doing um, some really cool limited edition uh, hardcovers signed numbers signed letters whatever um that are really going to be awesome we're talking like um it's not not hype it's straight up like high quality beautiful freaking books um we we acquired a backlist um of some big authors actually um that will be announced in the not too distant future but one of those authors um, we have one of his biggest New York Times bestselling Stephen King gushing over novels. That's one of my favorite novels. Yeah. I believe we got it. Wow. We'll be announcing that. But we're, we're kind of like got our fingers in a few different things. We just want to always what's paramount is 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 the writer, the writer's skills, the story is paramount the quality of the writing and then the quality of the actual books that we put out. <clears throat> Everything's got to be top of the line. Absolutely. And, and we, uh, Jared, Jared, thankfully Jared was of dust. I press, sorry to cut you off, bro. No, that's all right. He brings that publishing owner experience. He's got the ties with, um, you know, the binary. Um, he's got the ties. He's working on distribution. He knows books, marketing, that that whole thing. I never thought I'd be on this side of the, the fence. I mm-hmm. never wanted to be publisher. You know, I'm a writer full time, but I'm pa- so passionate about books and certain projects. 
And again, like Jared said, Jared and I are really tight. And it was his idea, why don't we, I can't do this with Death's Head Press, Jeremy. Let's, why don't we do this together? I had the resources to make it happen. <clears throat> Jared's got the experience. And he actually shoulders a lot of the work just because of his experience. And I'm very grateful to him for that. Plus, we got beta readers. And uh, dude, in our little army, we also got a, a Sadie Hartman. Yeah. 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 Our secret weapon. Like you need like, a Sadie Hartman. What, what yeah. is it? Right. Is it something where uh, uh, Iron Man in the movie uh, tells Loki, uh, Loki says, we have an army. And he says, Okay, well, we have a Hulk. You know, right. we, we have a Sadie Hartman. Right. Yeah. You have the Sadie Hartman. The Sadie Hartman. We're a really great yeah. team and all this stuff, thanks to Jared. And now we're off and running. So right. it's cool. But that's kind of what we're about. You never know down the pike. Um, say, I don't know, hypothetically, say Richard Chismar is like, oh, I'm. Get, I want to sell Cemetery Dance. Maybe we'd acquire a horror line. Right. You know, we won't we won't create one, mm-hmm. but maybe we'd acquire one if that ever happened. You know, because believe me, I'm a horror guy. Jared's in the horror business, and I still write scary horror effed up stuff. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want anybody to ever question the quality they're going to get from Stygian and Sky, but I do want them question what our next release is going to be. You know what I mean? I want yeah. I want to keep I want to keep the the readers on their toes. Like I, w- I want them to to know they're going to get a quality product, but no telling what it might be. So we want to appeal to to everyone a little bit. Great. I was I was just thinking that crime when we were talking about crime and noir and it, how it is it's it is horror adjacent. It reminds me of, you know, a lot of the horror horror audience have got no problem reading crime noir, right? You know, or or, or crime. Right. And it re- it reminds me of, honestly, of of uh, it's like the Slayer of horror. The Slayer of horror. It's like you out of the big four thrash mm. bands, um, the the hardcore kids and the punk rock kids might not like Megadeth and Metallica or Anthrax, but everybody likes Slayer. Everybody so loves like, Slayer. It's like a crime noir. Yeah. It's a great I mean, analogy. Chad. And, it, and it all overlaps. You know, it, it's all an interconnected weave, you know. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with crime. E- even in film history. Like Absolutely. Even, yeah, even with the, with the film history of that and how lighting developed with horror movies and with film noir and the use of shadows, yeah. uh, how that was yeah. brought in and stuff. And so even with... Uh, um, different kind of art forms from Germany and things like mm-hmm. that that kind of gave the the creepy dynamic to the background, right. you know. Right. And so, yeah. So I mean, even even in that, so it's coupled together. You can make any. You can make anything scary, you know, yeah. if you if you film it right. Anything can be scary. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Same with writing. Anything uh, you can make any kind of writing creepy. Right. So. So we've seen we've all seen a lot of small presses like go under. What what do you think is like the biggest danger of that, and and like what's something someone should consider that you, you guys think someone should consider before even starting, hmm. other than having not having this trying to be your your income because that's that's not going to happen. You no, should no. Have your, it's right. definitely not going to happen right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I would say know your audience on who you're trying to who you're trying to reach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, with Death's Head Press, we have a, we have a certain audience, and we and we cater to what 
what we're, we listen to the feedback we get uh, from reviewers, from fans, from readers, and we we tailor our releases around what people want to read, you know, and and also what we think is cool. You know, we'll we'll throw some stuff out there that we think is cool, and if it doesn't work, we 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 won't put it out again. But uh, but it's just know your audience, and 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 above all else, you got to manage your expectations starting out. Uh, you're not gonna you have a good idea for a book, you're it may not be a bestseller uh, mm-hmm. right off the bat. So you got to manage your expectations and uh, treat your authors well because they're they're going to be your bread and butter and they're going to get the word out more than anyone about what you're doing. And if, you, if you're a scumbag and you, you don't pay them or you pay them some little token fee, the word's going to get around and nobody's going to want to work mm-hmm. with you, you know, yeah. and then you're, you're going to go under. If you don't have anybody that w- is willing to work with you that, that can write really well, that is known, you are going to suffer for it. That's something even I've learned. I'm not even a published author. And I've learned with this show, because you got the green room, right? You got before the show and after the show, and we have authors on all the time. And so you get kind of the rumor mill a little bit. You know, it's the, what do they call it, man? Scuttlebutt. And so it's like around the old drinking fountain talking and stuff. And one of the most common things is, is that I've heard is Chad talking with other authors about their experiences with different uh, publishing companies. And some of them, I won't say which ones, but just they'll, they'll all be on their toes. Are they, is it us? Right. No, but seriously, that there have been some that, you know, haven't been too great about it. And, right. it. and it bummed the author out. And they're like, I've heard that too. So you're you're right. I mean, it gets around. And, and, and also you got to, if you're going to choose people to write, you know, if you, if you request a manuscript, when you go to edit it, don't edit their voice out, you know, because you, you chose yeah. this person because they have a specific style and, and sometimes during the editing process process, you can lose that style if you try to over edit something. So what it does at press, we don't over edit. We, uh, we, we allow the author to maintain his voice. You know, we edit just as much as he wants it to edit, you know, that's usually just grammar and punctuation and all of that. I mean, it's, uh, as far as, uh, the content it's, it's up to the author and you gotta, you gotta give them a free hand at create, creating what they want, want to create, or it's not going to be as good as it can be. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah otherwise you, you end up getting the editor's voice in that book instead of the Abs- writer. Absolutely. Um, to your, to your thoughts on, 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 uh, indie publishers uh, that have come and gone. Uh, Jared and I talked about that in the very beginning. And uh, there's there's so many uh, indie publishers in the last 10 years. I'm talking about like specifically horror, actually, mm-hmm. that have come and gone. Um, a lot of people seem like they have a great idea, like, I'm starting a horror publishing company. It's going to be called this. Um, like I'll, I'll be like Jeremiah. I'm not going to name names, but I saw a guy on Twitter two months ago saying, oh, I'm just letting everyone know I'm launching my own horror imprint. Oh, my God, that's great. <laughs> Nothing's ever fucking happened with this guy. and his, I never saw anything. Um People throw stuff like that out all the time. We've had, uh, you know, people hit us up 
oh, I had that idea that you guys had. And maybe you guys should do that. Like, I don't give a shit what your idea is. We're doing it, you know? We're doing it. And and then I'll not, I, I just want to mention this. We've seen publishers, unfortunately, who, um, as Jared meant, are worse. Our, we're scumbags. They they ripped off their authors. Um, some even kind of bullied authors that mm. they had. I mean, unreal shit. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about if you've been around. Uh, and then there's people that got hung up uh, in cancel culture and yeah. guys yeah. who sexted or sent messages. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. all the fucking whole uh publishing houses you know um it, you know in jeopardy you know this cancel culture stuff so one we're, we're we don't plan on screwing authors over um in fact our royal me being an author jared and i discuss this we actually have a very nice generous royalty rate like no one's got for public for right. authors um we've given an advance Author, um, Jared jokingly told the author today they'll never see that the money off their books after that advance and stuff. <laughs> He's just joking. Of course, we all want to see. Yeah, that. I was joking. But but we're we're in a unique position because I've got the I come in with the means and some wisdom and knowledge of the different perspective as a as a published author and someone who writes full time and and on a business level jared's already got the experience in publishing and what experience i have in publishing i bring to the table but i bring um frankly i bring the resources financially to make it all happen and um we're like this little tiny startup that you'll see with full page ads and publishers weekly and shit, we're going to blow up our author's books out with a marketing plan. Like no one else has done. And to that end guys, um, we don't want to fail and go by the wayside. Um, like all other publishers have, we want to put everything into it, see what sticks. We know, we know our audience, like Jared said, we're not just like, you know, a couple excited uh, house husbands who said, oh, let's be buddies and publish the house. This will be fun. And then it's going to be gone in a week. We're not, we, we, this is well thought out and we really have solid direction on this. And, um, um, and we're always going to be great to our authors. And when, you know, that's going to get around, it, it's just going to take time. I and mean, what we're talking about, shit that hasn't even happened yet but in time you know you're good to your the the people that write these books they're going to tell other people about it and you know we and we don't plan on screwing anyone over or harassing anybody or bullying anybody it's yeah. not on the agenda. It's not on the agenda. <laughs> it's in the notes. It's like Tuesday. Jared, We're going Jared after that one person. Me. 
But, um, and the no, best way to avoid trouble yeah. is to avoid trouble. Like, yeah. On Twitter, yeah, just don't don't get involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're clear of that drama, your a lot of dramas out there. I mean, it, it's like sometimes I go. Uh, thing I hate about social media, like most of us normal people, is the the drama. Yeah. You see a vague post that you can tell is just baiting for sympathy. Right. Um, yeah. People, unfortunately, who are book reviewers, book bloggers, book fans, I see a lot of people that aren't even, they're not talking about books. Right. They're talking yeah. about all this drama and yeah. and and clicky shit. You yeah. know what, man? I, I'm... It's like they live off the drama. That's what they feed off of. And you know, it, it's kind of sickening. You don't see people that from Simon and Schuster and Penguin on there or, you know, even, you know, Cemetery Dance going, oh, getting caught up in bullshit like that. Just yeah. don't subscribe to that stuff. We, we, again, mission number one, putting out great books. I mean, and if you got a problem with somebody, I mean, handle it privately. Don't handle sure, yeah. it. You know, don't handle yeah. it. We're in the public eye because nobody – Nobody needs their their dirty laundry aired, you know, and re- have enough respect for the people that you're around and you're working with to, to take care of it in private. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So. And I'll tell you what, man, as an author, you know, I'm always on the lookout for I, I've self-published most of my stuff and I, I've only worked with a handful of publishers. I, I mean, I worked with dozens with the, you know, in the anthology selling short stories and stuff. But as far as like handling my books, I've only. Um, done that a handful of times but i'm always i always have my eye open for one of the one of the reasons why i don't submit my stuff to small presses is because i already know how to format um Mm. i can hire a cover artist or i've done it more than half of my covers myself so um you know and, and as far as everything i can just i know how to you know promote a little bit who to send the stuff to it's not like i i make my book blow up but I can tell by looking at other books, um, there are a lot of small presses. It's like, well, I can already do get my book to that rank or whatever that they've got that book. So why should I give them half my money to, to do what I already know how to do? So, but, but there are presses that I'm, I'm, I'm always, always looking for. And of course there's a, there's a list of things that it's not just about, um, well, I can do everything they can do. Um, but the number one, this thing is the reach. You know, I want them to, if I'm going to sign with the press, they've got to be able to reach um, people that I, that I can't. Right. Or that it's going to cost me too much money right. to do. Uh-huh. And it, it, it's and, hard to do. Yeah. yeah. And also another thing is uh, I want to know that um, they're not going to use my book sales to pay their electric bill. And then I'm going to get, uh, paid on time. Right. Um, and it, you know, we're going to have yeah. an honest relationship. And also, um, the, the loud mouth on Twitter, you know, I've, I've worked with publishers before and it's like, dude, do you, do you understand that you're running a, you have a brand? Why are you, yeah. I don't care if it's election year. Why are you doing this? You have right. a brand. Yeah. Right, man. You know? Yeah. So shut your mouth because you're costing me books. You're costing every author books because you're losing half of your audience whether you're right left whatever absolutely that's a good out your mouth yeah, man. and when i heard you guys were doing something i that's why i got so excited because for one jeremy i know you got a couple dollars in your pocket so we don't have to worry about you know paying your bills with the, the uh you know uh, the, the royalties other people's right. royalties and not getting to them jared you've already done all this with 
Death's Head Press. Not for a long time, but you put plenty enough books out to know what you're doing. Yeah, we got and 45 then, out now. Yeah, and then you get yeah, you, wow. you got your secret weapon with you. Yes. And it was just, you know, Mother Horror, your your John Paul Jones, if you will. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you uh I mean it just I, and that excited me right off the bat. I was like, this is a small press, it's probably gonna work. And so I'm yeah, I'm, we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, thank you. You know, and that I just had one other thing to add, you know, with the quality of stuff. Um even even book covers, you know, Chad. Jeremiah, they're they're really important to us, and mm -hmm. we we're gathering a stable of reliable and stellar artists who are doing book covers, and um, that's important. And we're and we're trying to do things on a traditional level too. You know, like you have, you have a hardcover, and then you know you got you got cover artwork for that, and and then you know you have a trade paperback with a different mm -hmm. cover, same book, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, dabbling in other stuff, you know. Right. Um, we're even talking about trying to do some of these mass market paperbacks. I know Chad, you did a poll about that, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my God, Lutsky's tweeting about this." I just had the conversation about this with someone like I think the day before or something. So it was really mm -hmm. ironic he had posted that. So, um, but yeah, I, my point is everything across the board, from you know. Again, the story, the author, uh, the actual physical book, um, to the artwork, to uh, even the narrators for audio books, to who we hire, like for our accounting, and to do publicity and everything in between. Um, only the best, you know. We're across with everything. And you're not, but you're not. As of right now, you're not doing uh, any kind of open calls, right? No, I don't think we're going to be there. I don't think there's going to be many open calls. I think we're going to be mainly a, uh, you know, uh, an invite only press. I mean, we may do one now and then uh, just like our anthology mean streets. Mm -hmm. uh, we're uh, we invited everybody and, you know, you included it. So Chad's going to be yeah. in, uh, in our, yeah, in our anthology. Uh, well, my, my thoughts on that just real quick. Um, will be, I, I think after, you know, it's something I'll discuss with Jared at some point, but after we get, like, the first few books out and we get, like, the backlist stuff we acquired and we got a schedule and this stuff's coming out left and right, um, maybe we'll follow, like, I don't know, like, Tor Nightfire's game plan where, you know, one day we'll go, hey, we're having open, right. open submissions are welcome because mm -hmm. you never know what going to find and then um people just have to query or you know if they have an agent or themselves that you know well i don't know again may, we haven't even had that conversation maybe unagented and agented queries um mm -hmm. something like that you know well let me clarify i'm not against open open submissions and i'm just not not every one of our our things is going to be open submission. I you're, you're taking you're taking advantage of the opportunities that you have right now, and worrying about those and these ones that you reached yeah. out to. Yeah, that's, right. that's and once once we get established and people know the name Stygian Sky, that's mm -hmm. when we'll you know when we can make take a, a young author that's maybe not known and maybe build him into something. But if if the if the press doesn't have a good name already, it doesn't really do an author any good to publish with them because nobody's going to know about it. Uh, right. 
you know. Uh, so that's that's my feelings on it. Uh, I mean, and, and and sometimes open calls can be daunting. Uh, I dealt with that with Death yeah. Press. Uh, we when we first started out, it was all open call, and I, uh, you just you get buried very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. then you have a hard time with me. I like to, any email I get, I like to respond to, and it, it just starts coming in so fast that you can't properly manage it all and do what you maintain the quality that right. you want to maintain because you know you're moving in six different directions. Right. So. We just between what Jared and I have done and, and even Sadie, Sadie brought a couple authors to the table. We, we, we signed authors that were doing books on a nonfiction line and a fiction line. Mm-hmm. And when I take a step back and think about it, we got a lot of shit there. Like mm-hmm. already. Yeah. And then on top of that, we, I can't, I was just talking about, it. I'm like, wow, shit. We, we have like, like I said, again, the, the backlist, stuff we got was like fuck that was a huge friggin' win it's a huge deal but with all of that on top of all that i personally just because of the website for stygian media we got i got you know queries already mm-hmm. hey here mr jeremy uh i wanted to query you about my book blah 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 and um it's sort of surreal for me because that's what I fucking do. I send yeah. out theory letters to agents, you know. <laughs> and everything you get, you be polite and answer it. You know? and, so, and, and, yeah. and we actually had a major publisher. Um, Jared will remember. We were looking to do a limited edition hardcover of a, of a book that, that came out. And then we kind of backtracked and said, nah, it's just not. It wasn't worth it at the time. But the publisher who put that book out, they came back and said, Hey, we got all these other titles. Uh, these are available. Would you want to put them out? Which one was really cool to have a publisher, um, like of that, that level asking us, if we, would you be interested in these? We'd love to have you put them out as limited editions. Unfortunately, the books they offered were like fantasy. So it's mm-hmm. not really our thing, but, so it was still pretty cool. And Jared and I were like, man, we haven't even put a damn book out yet. And yeah. yeah. People it's like signs of things to come, though, right? Yeah, right. it is. Uh, yeah. I so, think big things are around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. So, um, yeah, it's great. You know, it's just exciting times. And appreciate you guys having us on to talk about it because right. uh, I think Jared and I have done only maybe two other podcasts and um it's great to be able to reach people and talk to them about what's to come <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well and this is the kingmaker show oh the <laughs> kingmaker show. Yeah. It's the kingmaker <laughs> for, yeah, for our for our dozens of people who listen right. <laughs> they're like that's the best show they're you know yeah. You, so, man, you, I, yeah, I, I, after doing your podcast last time, I was in USA Today top five best sellers. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm you saying. Guys, you guys changed my life. <laughs> right on. Let's get this started. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have anything that you can announce? Well, of course, we got the Triana. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I, I, I mean, and I, I guess the contract we can, uh, you know, we can't really announce. We'll let y'all in on what contracts we've signed. Yeah, uh, why, yeah, tell them who we signed. So yeah. we've got a. Uh, I know y'all are familiar with uh, uh, Ronald Kelly. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're gonna do uh, sort of a horror slash uh, tips and stuff slash memoir called Southern okay. Pride and Horrified with yep. Ronald. Yeah. Uh, we've got a two novella book coming out with, uh, Eric LaRocca, who's really hot right now. Yeah. Uh, super hot. And then, uh, Ross Jeffrey, uh, his tome, his juniper and, uh, as of yet unreleased, uh, conclusion to that trilogy called scorched. Uh, we're releasing those in some mighty fine hard covers and, uh, I think you are going to be really pleased with those. Yeah, we're the we're doing some really, um, really cool and unique things uh, with cover artwork and stuff that ties that trilogy together. It's going to be pretty cool. That's great. I it's so ironic that you named those three people because I, all three of them asked me for blurbs in the past year. Yeah, and I happily gave them. You know, I don't. I don't if I can find the time, I, I love to do that. Or sometimes I just won't because I don't. You know, I don't want to yeah. be the guy that's like uh, the yes man. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, so, um, but yeah, I read LaRocca's collection. Amazing. Amazing yeah. thing that's coming out. Uh, I can't remember who's putting it out, but it's coming out soon. And Is then, Weird uh, Punk putting it out again? No, um, they are not. And I wish I could remember who's doing it. I feel horrible that I can't. I can't barely remember the name of the book. And then uh, Ross Jeffrey, I just read his hostage. Can't remember mm-hmm. who's putting that out either. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, Ron Kelly with his uh, essential sick things. I right, I think that was Shamrock. I think Silver Shamrock. Yeah, Ron, Ronald's been in the game a long time, so yes. I, I I think everybody is going to really like what he has to say uh, when he goes down memory lane, you know, and lets you know what he's been up to, you know. And what a huge comeback the man has made. I mean, he's yeah. just releasing stuff, uh, just a tons of it in the last year. Or two. It's good to see, man. Good things happen yeah. to good people, you know. If you, he is a good person. Yeah. If you're a decent dude, you're going to go places, and that's all you really got to know in this. Respect people, and you're going to you're going to get it given right back to you. You know, treat people yeah. well. And and so. and the um one one other uh, guy we signed, the guy who kind of was the catalyst for. Jared and I putting together Steve and Sky Media's uh, photographer Gene Ambo, legendary, legendary photographer. He shot everybody, but ninety-five percent of what he shot over the last thirty-five years has been rock and metal. So, um, I mean, his archive is so huge and so great. I mean, we we could get fifteen different photo books, metal photo books out of them. But the first one we're doing with him is uh, about a famous club in Chicago called the Metro. And the Metro has been around uh, 39 years. And uh, just yesterday was the 39th anniversary. And um, Gene was in there, man, from eight since 1982 or 83. So um, it's called the working title is called Heavy Metro, and it's all mm. punk, hardcore, and metal bands that played there. But most of them are 80s and 90s. So, for example, we have images of Slayer, first time they ever played Chicago. At the, it was at the Metro. Metallica, first time they ever played Chicago at the Metro. Um, 
old corrosion of conformity, pro-mads, the exploited, GBH, life sentence. Celtic Frost. Celtic, Ooh, sentence, Celtic yeah. Frost. Um, every, everybody in between. Voivod. Uh, you name it. It's, this book is, um, in one respect, it is sort of a regional thing because, I mean, it, it, this club is a famous club in the Midwest, but it also has this flip side of an international appeal. One, because everybody's played there. And then two, um, because of the bands that first came through there, look where they are. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it much out. bigger than Metallica. I mean, yeah. or to see old corrosion of conformity. That's awesome. Um, to see the circle jerks and the exploited, like, Back in the, I mean, it's a, this book is going to be phenomenal. So, if, uh, if, so that's all first nonfiction. Thing. Is it going to be one of the the hard covers, like a t- almost like a coffee table book, like one that you'd want yeah. to just leave out so that people can just check it, it out? Has to be, has to be, man. That's really absolutely. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the dimensions of the damn book today, right, Jared? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't it's know. It's long. It's going to be long. Yeah, yeah, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know if y'all have seen that uh, picture book, the, the Metallica Back to the Front. I, I don't know if y'all. I, I haven't flipped through it, but I know what you're talking about. Right, we're gonna we're going for about that size right there, where you can yeah. get some really nice uh, double page spreads. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, of good you know stage scenes and uh, crowd scenes. You know, so yeah, it's gonna be a really cool book. Uh, Jeremy's doing all the uh, the wording in it. Uh, We've we've got a talented lady in in London called Dan, Daniela Batshiva who's doing our uh, she's put helping us put it together. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be something special, yeah. And uh, it's that's definitely a learning experience doing a book like that coming from a yeah. fiction background. So we yeah, hope that's to- a new one. That's new for both of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, so like, there's a big learning curve. But after this one. Um, with the other content we're sitting on with, with the great Gene Ambo, man, I'm telling you, we like, you just, we're excited. And, and you know, it goes hand in hand with what we're passionate about. And we right. hope other, a lot of other people out there will be as passionate about these books as us. And we're going to have some really cool memoirs from some really cool people. Uh, you know, I don't, I know Jeremy knows the one I'm talking about, but it's, it has nothing to do with horror and it is going to be, and it's not, you know, it's just going to blow you away. So that's it blew, cool. blew me the away. Photo- the photographer, it, it sounds like uh, another uh, Glenn Friedman who did a lot of that early punk stuff and, yeah, you know, Black Flag yeah. and all. I, all I talked at Glenn Friedman's camp before because I was trying to acquire some player photos. He did, you know, like the photos uh, for Rain and Blood and uh, South of Heaven mm-hmm. and, and then all that punk and skateboard stuff, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, I love Glenn Friedman's work. So and and yeah. in Ambo, Gene Ambo's from that era, Chad. Oh um, really? Yeah, it's for, yeah, I mean, Gene's yeah. a really cool dude. Gene's had so many friggin' pictures published in Kerrang magazine. It, it ain't even funny. But he uh, he's never done books before, so he's he's sitting on gold like people have never seen. Right. 
It's, he's probably got some pictures in this book that I've had hanging on my wall when I was a teenager. Because you remember when you would take the the pictures at a circus or oh, yeah. Kerrang, and you would yeah. and you would put it on your wall, man. I, I and I'm sure I'm going to see some of those photos from Gene, yeah. and it's going to be like, whoa, bro. Jeremy, it weirds me out that you mentioned life sentence, man. Nobody ever talks about life sentence. I love that band. I figure you would know, man. Oh yeah, dude. I saw them in a basement, uh, yeah, uh, here in Battle Creek. Okay. Yeah. yeah a basement show. Was it the cornflake basement? <laughs> it was in the cornflake city. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. The Chicago Field, uh, had a leather jacket for a while in like '85 with a white satin sticker on his uh, sleeve all the time. Yeah, I remember seeing. Um, I remember yeah, seeing. I, Lars, I, think, I think it was Lars. Somebody had a life sentence shirt back in the eighty. You know, Metallica. Yeah. And then I saw a poster of Metallica that I think I used to have, and, and Lars had a Plasma Alliance shirt, which is another band nobody talks about. That was on. They they weren't a local band, but they were they were on um, my buddy's local label, Depression Records, yeah. out of Battle Creek. And, and uh, I was gonna say, Gene Gene has. Uh, a band I think called I think they're called I might have the name wrong Puss Puss and they're going to be in the Metro book and no one's ever heard of them but but he was he was adamant they had to be in the Metro book because they were a Chicago side project of guys from like Life Sentence and I think E Trope and someone else like. Maybe maybe Barry Stern from Etrope, who later became the drummer of Trouble, um, but one of the life sentence guys I know for sure. And but the Metro like took him took him in and fucking mm. you know, here's the local Chicago punk supergroup or whatever you know. Mm. And, uh, it was short lived, but Gene's like the only guy who ever who photographed it. So it's like the probot of the Metro. The Metro. Yeah, but uh, I just wanted to mention that check because you were talking about that that basement show or whatever. Yeah, I was I was trying to get kind of a, a visual here of the the product dimensions for that back to the front, and even even for the audience in case they they aren't familiar yeah. with that man eleven point six width by ten point three height. That's I right. Mean, you're, you're talking. So, that's a serious book. You can go on and see pictures of the members of Metallica reading it, and it's in their hands. This thing is. Luxurious. People that don't know uh, watching paleo cheese back to the front is a Metallica book that's dedicated to the complete master of puppets era mm -hmm. cycle, the tour cycle, the recording of the album, everything that it's a time capsule of the master of puppets era of Metallica's life. And it's, mm -hmm. Fantastic. book. By the way, that author who did Back to the Front, well, first let me rewind. If you check that book out, that's the dimensions we're aiming for with our photo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Matt Taylor, the guy who did the Back to the Front book, also did an, the most amazing, like, making of Jaws, Jaws era book, maybe in a Jaws not called Memories of Martha's Vineyard. Mm. Oh, yeah which is another gigantic book. And if you're a Jaws fan, holy crap, get your hands on that book too. It's phenomenal. It's just That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, I know you got to go. So I've, I'm, I've got this like speedy questions. 
Yeah, yeah quick, sure. quick yeah, answers. Yeah. I want to. I, I started a little late. I wanted to give you an hour for sure. So go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. So, Jeremy, we'll start with you, Jared. So, as soon as you didn't get done answering the question, Jared, answer the question. Uh, favorite horror movie other than Jaws or The Thing? <laughs> you start. Oh, you go. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh God. Oh. It's on the spot. The moment of truth, man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God, dude. What's funny about that question too? Not only do you got me on the spot, but uh, <laughs> I listen, I'm in a I'm in a new house and I'm still waiting to have crap moved in here. And I was on my phone showing my wife photos like of all my horror movie posters and like please please honey let me squeeze these freaking movie posters into our new home theater. She's got a bunch of art and shit. So it's like this whole give and take thing. But I was looking at those posters and I'm going, God, I love that movie. God damn, that movie's the best. It's so like, Chad, I don't know how to answer because like, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like the movie posters, and these are aside from Jaws and the thing that I can't, I love them so much. I, I don't know, bro. It's hard to do. <laughs> but how God mean, damn it. The Howling, The Exorcist, The Fun House, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, The Omen. Um, too many answers, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you I don't know, dude, I don't know yeah. what to say, dude. Oh, Halloween, <laughs> for fuck's sake. The Fog. Oh, my God. This, this is out of control. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm going to interject here because he's stolen yeah. all the wait, good wait. movies. It's like oh. if I had – if. if I'll give you. I'll use this screwed up analogy. My grand, my maternal grandmother had ten children, including yeah. my mom. Yeah. So let's say Jaws and the Thing were like the first two were born out of my ten children litter. Okay, those two were immediately my favorites. But I love all my children. It means something to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got I'm children too. Head, my head's spinning like oh, how. How do you, what do I say? Because they're, mm. oh, I don't know. Right. There you go. Hey, yeah. <laughs> if it, anything, the horror movies I love are all from the 70s and 80s. So right. I don't know. Well, I'm going to go with two. I, I've got to give yeah, two answers. Got me, as well. bro. I didn't see that coming, dude. That's, that's hard to answer. You didn't, you didn't see favorite horror movie coming? From Chad. From yeah. Chad. <laughs> all right. Come on. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go with two answers. I'm going to go with my childhood favorite, which was Salem's Lot. I really, oh, I really man, dug I that. Yeah, that's a that's a great one, Jerry. Yeah. You cannot still. It's too late for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're cut off. laughs> yeah. All right. So, in my modern day favorite, I think is the Collector. I really dug that. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. So, uh, I really like the slasher uh, gore, like the Saw films. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really into those. I uh, I like those kind of films. Uh, I love Friday the 13th, of course. Who doesn't? Uh, I can't stand Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's uh, the franchise I wish would just go away. I know. Yeah, that's I'm, not a big, I'm not a big fan. The first so, one was okay. Yeah, it was okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, Salem's Lot and The Collector. Wait, wait, bro. Wait, wait. I don't mean to interrupt you, but <laughs> you don't like Friday the 13th. No, I do. I do like Friday. The 13th. I mean, I'm sorry. You don't like Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I'm sorry, I misspoke. No, I don't. But you said the other day in a podcast we did that you love the entire uh, Friday the Thirteenth franchise. 
I did. Every we single like, one of them. Like Jason X when the yes, uh, uh, like Freddy Krueger and Jesse. Jesse goes to hell. Jason X is about as fucking corny as okay. you can get. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Jared's like I am. He wants yeah. his serial killers to shut the f up. Right. I don't well, need to talk off, off a bunch well, of I, I one-liners. It, There's a certain. I I I I, I understand. I so the best the best Nightmare on Elm Street was definitely Freddy versus Jason. We all know that. So uh, I love that. I I laugh so hard when I watch it. Right, it it was hilarious. And see, I I like the campy humor of the later, the later, you know, uh, films in the series for Friday the Thirteenth. You know, there's some humorous moments in in Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just not my cup of tea. I can't say I hate it and I want it to go away because I know there's a lot of people that love it and I support them 100. percent It's just not my gig. I'm into I'm into the silent fucking brutal types. So that's All right, it. Jer- Jeremy, uh let's see. Um least favorite slayer record. Oh my god. Uh yeah, real easy. Repentless, the last one. Uh, really? Okay. Anime wasn't on it. What about you, Jared? My least favorite Slayer album? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have to go with Repentless as well. Uh, really? I, yeah, I think they, I think they lost a step on that album. Uh, uh, I don't like the mix. I don't like the mixing in it. Uh, I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm surprised it's not that I that's my favorite or anything, but um, the Show No Mercy and Hell Awaits for me. I'm just like those are usually those are Uh-oh. really my my last. In fact, which is the one has Black Magic on it. That's, uh, Jono Mercy. 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 Okay, so Hello Waits is my least favorite. Well, I mean, those are raw albums. You know what I mean? They, yeah, you know they they're working on an ancient soundboard. You know, and they're just you're playing metal, and and I really dig some metal like that. It's just like I with my Iron Maiden. I prefer Killers. You know, oh, I yeah. prefer the I prefer the yeah. early Maiden because it's, it's got that raw edge to it. I get um, that. With with Hell Waits. I don't like the 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 whole album, but um, man, that goddamn intro to the to the album and going into Hell Awaits, man, before it really kicks in fast, that 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 is so goddamn heavy. I just feel like Slayer hadn't found their voice yet. You know? Oh yeah, so, they were still they were still searching. It's funny you mentioned yeah. Killers, by the way. As man, talk about a band transcending generations and generations. Oh. My stepson's twenty six. And his favorite band since he was a kid was Iron Maiden. And his first tattoo at age 18 was the Killers album cover, Half Sleeve on it. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, I just wanted to mention that because, you know, uh, there's still, like, people love them now. New new kids. New kids on the block. (laughs) Now, Chad, you know, you asked our favorite Slayer album. Now, this is a bone of contention between – Jeremy Wagner and Jared Barbie is our favorite Slayer albums because we really disagree on this. Oh yeah, what 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 what's your favorite? Jared? Go ahead, Jared. Tell them what your favorite Slayer album. is. The best Slayer album is God Hates Us All. Ah, yeah, by far. I don't agree with that one. Bye, Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he's out. He's out. There are only there are only two answers to that. There are only two answers that can possibly be given. I know rain and blood. South of heaven or uh, rain and blood. Yeah. Yeah. If you I like had two, I had two two things to say. Yeah. Two answers. 
Of course you have two answers. One, one Jared, Jared. <laughs> Our partnership is dissolved. Two. We're in the blood, man. No, of course no. not. Chad, you're right, dude. For me, it's random blood and salt of heaven, too. Uh, yeah. I just like the raw intensity of God hates us all. I think there's a fuck I think the songs on there are are really brutal, you know. And uh well mixed. So, okay, how about, how about this? Uh favorite romance film, Jeremy? What can, <laughs> what kind of questions are these? <laughs> yeah, where did you get this? I don't know. I I hey, I know Jeremy's really I know he's an open-minded dude. I know there's a romance <laughs> movie he likes. I, Chad, I am open-minded, and I am a hopeless romantic. No bullshit. I really am. I believe so, it. Um, uh, well, the, fir- the first one that comes to mind is kind of messed up. but like uh, Boxing Helena or something? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that one. That was um, a horrible movie. Oh, my God. It, it, it's, it's dark. It's noir. You remember uh, the that movie, The Postman Always Dreams. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Jack Nicholson and Jessica yeah. Lange. Holy yes. That's, that's a great, great movie. Great that movie. One, I mean, there's romance, but it's, man, that is dark. Talk about noir and shit. That was, that one's really good. But, like, um, you know, like, um, Never I, Been Kissed. I, I've no. been. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> Say anything. Uh, oh, wait. Hang on. Um, Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> well, I, like, I, like sleep, I like Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Jer- Jerry Maguire, when I first saw it, I like, remember when have you, you've all seen Jerry Maguire? Yes. Yep. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise and shit. Yep. So, you know, when he. Yeah, dude, that scene when I first saw it kind of got me. I'll admit, I'm like, oh, that's really, that's really sweet, you know. But um, there's one other movie, um, fucking uh, Jeff Jeff Bridges Against All Odds. You guys remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Great, great fucking theme song too. Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't know. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I'm sure there's more, but um, I hate, I don't like fucking romance novels or fiction, but there are yeah. romance done right in movies um, can get to me. And in my personal life, I am a hopeless romantic. I mean, I was fucking writing poems to girls in grade school that I, you know, I was never. It, it helps that you've got a cool wife. Girls that cooties. Yeah. I was a little boy that's like, oh, oh yeah, girls, girls. Give me all the, give me yeah. all the girls. Yeah, right, so, exactly. Was, yeah. So uh, yeah, man. So that's a great question, Chad. No one has ever asked me that. So, <laughs> what, what about you, Jared? You got a favorite? All right, so so my favorite. Yeah, romance. my name's Jared and Smokey and the Bandits. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite romance movie. It's a damn good romance, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, it's 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 a romance, but it's also you know it has a darker side. It's uh, called Jason's Lyric. Uh, don't, don't, yeah, I remember that. that one. Yeah, I, I it's a it was a it's a it was filmed in Houston, so uh, you know it has a soft spot in my heart. Uh, but I thought it was a really good gritty uh, at its heart romance story. Okay. So. Now, Jeremy, for this next question, I know you're you're really good friends with. Uh, Charlie Benante. So I'm yeah. going to put you in the spot here with this one. 
That's all right. Yeah, he's my bro. I love I love Charlie. Uh, he doesn't live far from my house here in, in the Chicago Burbs, and uh, he's a huge Shaw's fan too. In fact, mm-hmm. I sent him like a um, uh, here. Actually, if I since we're talking about Charlie, let me just share this with you, you guys. Might get a giggle out of this. Um, we always send each other Jaws shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I sent, uh, if you guys can, can you guys, can you see Barely. Is it Jeopardy? Yeah, it looks like Jeopardy. Yeah. 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 It's Quint, Brody, and Hooper on Jeopardy. I just thought oh. that kind of really friggin' stupid and funny. So anyway, <laughs> it was Charlie related. So there you go. Okay. So, all right, here you go. Because he's been involved with both, you got to choose one of these. Fistful of metal or speak English or die? Speak English or die. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. All right. What about you, Jared? Uh, I'd have to go with SOD too. Speak yeah, English yeah. or die, man. Can't go wrong. I was gonna I was gonna say spreading the disease or speak English or die, because I feel like that's a harder, tougher call. It is. But, that's a very much harder call. In fact, then, um Scott Ian just posted uh yesterday. He's been posting like his because it's like Anthrax's 40th anniversary. I've been watching all the the docu yeah the docu yeah those are great right mm-hmm. uh, I love them too and and Scott Ian has been posting on his personal accounts here's my favorite Anthrax riff so yesterday he goes I'm gonna play you one of my favorite riffs I know it's not technically Anthrax but you know whatever him and mm-hmm. Charlie made it's an SOD thing and it was part of the SOD riff yeah I'm like yeah that's so so sick, man. It doesn't really get heavier than that, man. That no. riff. I mean, that's just that's quintessential metal. If you, if you, yeah. It's '80s metal. Yeah, Char- Charlie's been really good to me. Uh, he knows I love SOD, and and uh, he gave me a SOD skate deck. I'm not a skateboarder, but oh, yeah, I, I got it hanging on a wall. So, man, that album is so goddamn good. Especially yeah. for a guitar player, I I was I love riffs, you know, and heavy guitar tone, and that that album still stands the test of time, you know. Yeah, I remember I bought a uh, I I got it when it came out. I think it was was eighty four, right? Eighty four. Yeah, eighty eighty yeah eighty four eighty five. Yeah, I, yeah. I was yeah I was like I was fourteen, and I and I got the 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 tape. I think it was, and I had I had a uh, I also had the. Um, t-shirt i bought a t-shirt world schism tour t-shirt yeah world schism yeah yep so, <laughs> okay uh let's see paperback or hardcover mm. oh Hard- preferred yeah i'll oh, go ahead jared i'm gonna go hardcover i mean all day long yeah hardcover for me too. Co- collect collecting or to read both i yeah, buy no. the paperback to read and i buy the hardcover to collect yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I buy I, I I buy both. I I I acquire hardcovers and then I never get rid of the damn things. I got an insane friggin' library. That's how you have like six editions oh, of Jaws. Right. Yeah. 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 We saw your library last. I year. got the first Jeremiah. I got the first edition hardcover Jaws. If I don't have to crack the spine, I don't want to crack the spine. That's you know. You know. And yeah. then I've got yeah, I collect limited edition hardcovers on top of the regular, you know, retail hardcovers I buy, you know, all the Stephen King shit I had to have like, mm-hmm. from Cemetery Dance. I mean, they're just so gorgeous. And 
um, you know, stuff like that. And then other authors too, but um, right. I don't know. Hardcover, there's something about it, but I will say this. I still have a super soft spot for mass market paperbacks. Not oh, absolutely. Mass, mass market paperbacks. Absolutely. It's just a thing with me. I don't know. We're going to bring them back. It's yeah. like that old saying, you can, you, you, you can take uh, old Jared out of Houston, but you can't take Houston out of Jared. There's just something about being able to slip that book in your back pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, right. and, and walk true. off with it and have it with you. You know what I mean? Because a trade paperback, you can't do that. You know, yeah, right. You have right. to put it like in your, in your waistband, and then it gets all sweaty, and you run the book. So you know, yeah. there we go. Okay, yeah. I got I got two more for you. Um, overrated musician, Jeremy. Mm. <laughs> oh man! Oh, okay. Hang on now. Hang on. Um. Um. You know, a few come to mind, but I'm gonna go off on. I don't know if he's overrated or not, but I saw a live performance of him, and, and I know some people who interacted with him recently at a festival. I'll just say Aaron Lewis is stained. Yeah. The guy <laughs> does, just doesn't give a fuck about yeah. himself. Yeah. You know, he just fucking he's, looks unhealthy. He doesn't give a shit about I don't think he cares about his fans. It's like I don't think so. Him playing on stage, and his his attitude is like he he looks like he doesn't even want to be there. Yeah, but it's his bread and butter. But um, you know, I, I he goes on stage. You talk about alienating people too. He's got a fuck Biden shirt on. Yeah, and I don't know, man. That shit just I he still draws the crowd and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I can't take anything away from his talent early on. I think he's, he's super talented, but he's a guy now that I think is just going fucking through the motions and just showing up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I, I, your question, because there's definitely there's a lot of overrated musicians. You know? Yeah, especially but, these days, man. Especially yeah. these days. What about well, you, Jared? Well, all right, I'm going to have to go with a two-part here because uh, as far as a band, and, and the band had had some great uh, moving parts in it, but Led Zeppelin, I don't really uh, – I think that their their music uh, was pretty overrated. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, oh, no. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. yeah, see you later. Yeah. We're done. Uh, <laughs> as, far, as far as single single musicians, yeah. it had to be Phil Anselmo. Uh, really? he, he doesn't impress me. Okay, uh, now now does that because because he can't really sing anymore or just because he's a dick. <laughs> uh, and uh and I went to one of his shows uh it was the uh it was a horror film deal that he was doing. Yeah. Uh, when I went to go see the King Diamond it was in 2015 the Abigail tour, the 2015 mm -hmm. Abigail tour and he was there with Down and he was just rude. And I mean, his voice—he sounded like shit. Oh yeah. And, and and I really, I really love Pantera. I think as a, as far as a band, Pantera was spot on for for the time that they were out. Uh, but as far as a human being and just somebody who cares about his fans and stuff, I think Phil Anselmo's got it in my book. 
So it sounds like you you have an, a, a biased opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> I mean, he's his talent has waned uh, over the years, but you know, people's do, and uh, and and I and I and I have to admit, for his time, he was a super talented vocalist because mm -hmm. nobody had that fill in Selmo growl at the time, you know, and it was it was hot shit, you know. Uh, but I just don't like the way he treated his fans and he just treated the people around him. I, I'm going to answer this question too, just because every chance I get to talk trash about this musician, I do. So I, I think the most overrated musician on this planet is Nikki six. Okay. Guy, yeah. The guy's a horrible bass player. I can play, I can play that my first year of playing guitar. Right. I, I mean, well, Molly Cruz bass lines were never anything complicated. So I know, yeah, but questionable. It, questionable but we're talking like ovid the spotlight is so huge on that dude right that yeah for the for the little bit of talent i mean i got we got locals here that could just but yeah that's that's my thing and i don't know we all know who the greatest we know who the greatest bass player of all times was and i think we can all agree it was cliff burton okay plan <laughs> I agree. He's one I'm gonna of them. Jump out this fucking window if you said some something else. No, nah, dude. You know I'm going to say Cliff, man. Always, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The, but I, the greatest. Okay, I get, here's one. It's this ironic that I got written down here, Jeremy. Jeremy, it's probably going to be hard for you. You can only have two pieces of art on your wall. One. Oh no! Oh no! One of them has to be a movie poster, and the other an album cover. What are they? Oh man. Piece of art either has to be a movie poster. You can have two. You can have two. One has to be an album cover, one has to be a movie poster. Oh, okay. Riddle me this, Chad. Could, the <laughs> could tactically the original artwork for a movie poster be what I have, or does it have to I'll be? Allow, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. I got it for you, bro. Okay. I got it for you. And get this. <laughs> These are two two pieces of art that right now are are completely missing. No one knows where they went. They're both worth a fortune, respectively, in their own lane. And if I ever can get my hands on them, that would be a dream come true. And but their whereabouts are unknown. I'm going to start with the movie poster. The original artwork for Jaws, oh. the painting mm. by Robert yeah. Castell. Dude, you just made your answer like full level, uh, sitting around a campfire horror story, creepy, intense. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're like, oh, he, he just Yeah, he the flashlight right now. He turned yeah. that. He turned in that artwork to Universal Studios. No one, he's never got it back, and no one knows what the fuck happened to it. And that's hmm. that's since 1974. The next piece of artwork, album cover related, Rain and Blood album cover. Yeah, I knew it. I want that. Um, it's missing. No one knows where where it mm. went after the artwork got turned into uh, uh, Def Jam Records back in the day. Um, Rick, Rick Rubin sitting on it. The, yeah. Um, see, I heard it was stolen. I've heard. I've tried tracking this thing. I've heard from different camps that aren't even related that it was stolen. Where mm -hmm. it is, no one knows. But um, 
the closest I ever got to the Rain of Blood painting was I went to uh, the Hanneman house, um, unfortunately, after Jeff passed away. And as a widow, Catherine, great person, friend of mine, she had, uh, Jeff had some kind of, um, like, I, made, made from the original artwork off, off of, like, a, a, you know, something that a record label back in the day with their old um, processes of um, whatever, scanning or doing a negative of, of artwork, going an album cover. Mm-hmm had that you know without the logo or anything it was like the closest thing to a clone of the original artwork and and i got to see that person um which was really cool cool. but that's but that painting that painting the artist by the way is larry carroll larry Mm -hmm. carroll also did south of heaven seasons in the abyss and christ illusion um yeah so um anyway so yeah good choices um but that's it that's that's my answer what about you jared all right i guess for movie posters i would have to go with an old one uh the town that dreaded sundown that's Uh, a poster yeah i like that poster a lot uh and then i'm gonna go with a pretty much a classic t-shirt album cover uh butchered at birth by uh cannibal corpse (laughs) oh boy that is that is one of my favorite album covers. I will. It is. That's a that's a great album cover. Great T-shirt. It really offends my wife, so I love to wear <laughs> it everywhere I go. Uh, but yeah, those those would be. My, are you talking in your study in your man cave type of artwork? Or are we talking to display? Sure. Out the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then those would definitely yeah. be my choices. Or the Evil Dead. Yeah. My my wife. Poster. She doesn't. My wife makes me stick my horror related stuff in the, and I, and I get it and I understand that. But even like I got a recent, uh, big giant Robert Smith from the Cure poster, black and white, real yeah, tasteful, yeah. cool, you know, uh, photo. Is it, um, is it a photo of him from behind with a guitar by chance? No, but I do have a shirt like that. Okay, but it's, a, it's an exorcist uh, shirt, but instead of the priest, it's got Robert yeah, Smith's silhouette. Yeah, I that one too. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I love no, the it's, Cure. It's a great yeah, one of my favorites, absolute favorites. But yeah, she won't even. Uh, she doesn't really. She did say that maybe I could hang it in uh, in the bedroom because we got some cool black and white stuff. And this is just a big black and white thing. It doesn't have lettering and stuff like that. So yeah, I could not hang the butchered at birth out in anywhere. So, uh, but um, yeah, man, guys, thanks so much right, for hanging out. Yeah. yeah, thank you guys for having us on and yeah. talking about Stigy and Sky Media and everything. And uh, right on. Um, and I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put links. Cheers to Paleo Cheese. Paleo Cheese. Man. You guys rule. Yeah. King Maker. <laughs> King Maker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also great on crackers. <laughs> yeah. We will get you guys out of here and yeah. uh, have you on again sometime, probably. All right, man. man anytime. Oh, I enjoyed it. All right, All right guys. Yep. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Yeah. See you guys. Yeah.